Lekon is known for who is Lekon, yeah. right? Who is Lekon? That's a, a song. That's a the title of his song we, we and sh- the title of his EP too. That's right, and it's very philosophical. Yeah, because it's a metaphysical question, which I'm going to relate to what we're talking is about. It, is it Charlie that deep? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a philosopher. Of course, it's it's catching fun. It's you know, it's light. Yeah. But it's a philosopher, mm. and, and it's 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 an existential question. Mm. Who, who am I? That's mm. what it is. It's it's soul seeking. And it, it's something that has to do with identity. Mm. Those are very deep concepts in philosophy. Oh, who are so, you? Who am exactly. I? So, but then let's keep it light. <laughs> so, tracing back, right, in terminology. Now, Talking about uh, Germanic. Charlie comes from Charles. Mm. But Charles is a, is an English word. And of course, the English language itself is a Germanic language. Mm. And, and the origin of that name is Karl in German. The meaning, either in German or in English, is free man. That's what Charles means. Mm. Hello there and welcome back to Freedom in Africa podcast. Thank you for always tuning in. This is the podcast where we try to popularize and project the ideas of liberty as perceived by Africans and black people across the world. My name is Buiga Deoya. For the last few episodes, we have explored different concepts under the ideas of liberty, the concept of libertarianism. We have talked to some very prominent professionals in the space of liberty. We will continue to have conversations in that regard, trying to educate our listeners and our audiences about the concept and how we can build better societies from these ideas of liberty thank you again for joining us and of course today uh, we are exploring another concept in the space in the in the broad uh, knowledge base of libertarianism which is the concept called individualism um what is the concept about what might be the effect and indeed uh we are taking a dimension to the conversation by talking to the founder of the charlie institute uh because at some point we will relate the word charlie to um the concept of individualism so yes indeed my guest for today like i mentioned is the founder of the charlie institute a think tank dedicated to spreading the ideas of liberty as perceived by Africans. Fiyishadi Charles Adeyemi, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Mega. Uh, last time around, we talked about the state of freedom in Africa. Uh, right. That conversation, you know, gave us a background into your work. Uh, right. And then, indeed, we talked extensively about the history of slavery in Africa, progress being made on that front. Of course, maybe in future, we might review where we are in terms of freedom. But today, we are talking Charlie as an extension of where we left the conversation on the Charlie Institute front in the last you know, episode. Uh, tell us more about Charlie Institute's how it has been so far and i want you to link that to um the word which is of course a ghanian word that means friend or yeah my friend how okay. is that the word that became you know the title you know, i'll tell you something <laughs> interesting <laughs> i i got a bit of drag on twitter not too long ago uh for using the word Charlie because and and um, by well i think they should be Ghanaians. And um, so, there is need for me to probably clear the Clarify, yeah, <laughs> explain yeah. how, how I came about this and how this came. You see, in Nigeria where um, I grew up and where I currently live, when your name is Charles, mm. uh, people call you variants of, of, of that, that name. word. Uh, you hear variants like Charlie. You hear Charlie Boy. Yeah. Charlie Mang. You Charlie. hear... Um, Charlie, of course. Uh, in fact, uh, during my undergraduate years, a lot of my friends, uh, and some of them still call me till today, Baba Charlie, mm. you know, but I, I was called Charlie a lot, you know, um, growing up because of my of my name being Charles. Mm. And, you, you know, the, these um, variations can actually be found throughout the British Commonwealth, if you ask me. Mm. I mean, all English-speaking people actually end up um, having some of these variants. Maybe not Charlie precisely, mm. but Charlie. And uh, and so on. Now, um, a personal experience again. Uh, sometime in 2013, mm. I was in Ghana. That was not my first time in Ghana. Uh, I'd been in Ghana in 2005 or 2006. Yeah, that would be the first time. 2006. But in 2013, I was with, I was in Ghana um, with my younger brother. Mm. Uh, around that period, I actually used to organize tours to Ghana from Nigeria. Mm. And so, but on this particular trip, it was just me and my younger brother, my youngest brother, and. I was in a bus. Now, in Ghana, 
the the public buses, what mm. we call Molue yeah, in, in Nigeria, Lagos, in Lagos, yeah. uh, those kinds of buses. The drivers in Nigeria, we call the drivers have an assistant. Mm. In Nigeria, we call those assistants conductor. conductor yeah. In Ghana, they call them mate. So I was in a vehicle, M-A-T. M-A-T, mate. That's what they mm. call those conductors. Now, this mate guy looks at me and says, Charlie, where is my where is money? money? <laughs> and I was stunned. How like, does this guy how know, my, you know name? my name? Exactly. Okay, this was your first time. You didn't know what Charlie I, I, was in Ghana. I had no idea. I just mm. knew Charlie as my name, you know. So, but then this guy says, Charlie, where is my money? I mean, and you're like, I'm like, how, how did you know my name? Of course, I eventually figured out that, okay, everybody's Charlie here in Ghana. Uh, in Ghana. I mean, like, it's, it's more associated with a stranger, I mm, think. Than, okay. uh, but then it's really everybody. You, you, anybody, everybody, you know, and nobody. You know, and, and the nobody part of it brings me to Lekon. Mm, mm. and, and, and by the way, Lekon. I mean, you know who Lekon yeah, is, Lekon right? is Everybody a, knows is who Lekon a, is. a big brother in Nigeria right now until 2021. Yeah, that's the winner. And, um, you know, he's a musician yeah. and he's also a philosopher. Now, um, Lekon is known for who is Lekon, yeah. right? Who is Lekon? That's a, a song. That's a the title of his song which, and the title of his EP too. That's right. And it's very philosophical. Yeah. Because it's a metaphysical question, which wow. is related, which is which I'm going to relate to what we're talking is, about. Is it Charlie that deep? It is. <laughs> it is. It's a philosopher. Of course, it's, it's catching fun. It's, you know, it's light. Yeah. But it's a philosopher. Mm. And, and it's, it's, it's an existential question. Mm. Who, who am I? That's mm. what it is. It's, it's so sick. And it, it's something that has to do with identity. Mm. Those are very deep concepts in philosophy. Who, who are so, you? Who am exactly. I? So, but then, let's keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, something interesting that Lekon has done, apart from who is Lekon, yeah. is the remix of Nobody. Hey, Charlie, I'm a bad boy, but you know the love I go give, not the mad one. Mm, 100%, you not find one. And you know the boy give the light, what an icon. Baby girl, go low, see my eyes on the which is one of the biggest DJ song, big, biggest songs in 2020. Exactly. I'm surprised you know so much about music. And, well, <laughs> you know a little bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. So, but, but now the thing is this: if you listen to the the remix of Nobody yeah. by uh, Lecon, I mean featuring Lecon, Lecon did the first verse yeah. on that song, and the first word he pronounced is Charlie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He started with Charlie. Mm. You know and. I mean, the, the significance of this, the song title is Nobody. And when you listen to the lyrics of that song, they are thinking about, you know, anybody, mm. everybody, and of course, nobody. So, again, that's philosophical. Mm. There's a reason for that. Mm. Okay? And that goes to the spirit of the word Chale itself, mm. which um, is popularly identified with Ghana. But as I've found, when I began to, you know, research the word, uh, you know, it's the entomology goes back to the Germanic people. Mm. Um, first of all, you go back to English Charles, which so is yeah, where it's it, coming from. We are talking about how Ghanaians found that word, right? Yes. Okay. So, so it's it's an attempt to pronounce Charlie. Okay. The English Charlie, mm. which um, is from the word Charles. Mm. Uh, it's, it's like a variant of the word Charles, yeah. the Charlie, and and the story is that when you know during the colonial you know times, a lot of mm. British people in uh, Ghana, mm. uh, popular name was Charles and Jack, mm. and um, and then Charlie was. In fact, the British used Charlie almost in a very similar way mm. to the way um, the word um, Charlie is used anyway, such that even when somebody's name is not really. Uh, Charles. Charles, they still they still use the word Charlie. For example, you will know you will recognize Charlie as a walkie talkie language. Yeah. People in aviation and in security, mm. you know, it's it's a code language. Um you, you know about Foxtrot, Tango, Lima Oscar, Charlie. Random words. Yeah. They are not random words, they are they are it's code. It's um they are used in This in, is in uh, maybe in not aviation. Warfare. It could be it could be in warfare, even to just for communications in, among in, yeah, in war times, um, soldiers would use this commu- this code language. Yeah, encoded language. Uh, yeah. Where Charlie, you know, is one of the, yeah. the, the things that come up. But even in peace times, it's used in aviation. Okay, mm. and pilots use mm. it to communicate. Um, you know, it's just a communication thing yeah. that you don't want everybody to understand. So the point is that Charlie, you know, features prominently, and and it was picked up mm. and um, became Charlie. You know, and now, now. We are tracing back, right, in timeology. Now, Talking about uh, Germanic. Charlie comes from Charles. Mm. But Charles is uh, is an English word 
and of course the english language itself is a germanic language mm. and the origin of that name is karl in german okay and the meaning either in german or in english is free man that's what charles means mm. and then you take that free man idea back to charlie and all of that mm. and then you see why it Everything becomes a very interesting metaphor mm. for me who is interested in promoting uh, the ideas, the of, ideas freedom. of freedom and who is looking for uh, a word that can be used as a metaphor to depict this whole thing. Looks like the know. perfect word and the way you have told the story gives a better perspective to people who now you can pronounce the word with the story in mind and then the Charlie Institute has an encompassing sense to you now. That's right. Interesting to know that. So uh, speaking of individualism and Charlie Institute, this looks like side by side. The reason why we founded this is to, you know, educate free people, learn to be free. How important is the concept of individualism? I know there are other concepts mm-hmm. in, the, in the world of libertarianism. How important is individualism? Where does it stand? It's, it's at the roots. You see, um, everything that we humans do starts from an ideological base. You can just think of it as an idea or a thought. You want to build a house, for example, mm. you, you don't just start putting bricks together. It has to start in your mind yeah. as an idea. Um, is it a story building? Is it a 10-story building? The idea is Where the will first the money thing. come from? Exactly. Maybe you do a drawing of it mm. before you begin to put down the physical structures. Mm. So in the same way, everything we do, you know, um, in the world of economics and what have you, starts with the ideological base. Mm. Okay. Now, um, that ideological base for the things that we talk about, maybe in capitalism, for example, uh, actually goes back to the philosophical concept of individualism. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at the big debates between capitalism and socialism, for example, uh, socialism has its origins in the philosophical idea that society should be for the collective good it should be for the majority okay and that we should well it's not just all for one it's 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 the idea that if we have to dispense with some individuals mm. so be it as mm. long as we are able to please the majority okay all right but on the other hand um capitalism is saying that look every individual must have equal rights and access to resources and despite the fact that people have um, you know, different capacities naturally, maybe mm. intellectual capacities, mm. the level of their, their you know, ability to work hard and yeah. so on is different. And then um, capitalism says, let let it be. Mm. It's natural. Okay? And so that people can give their best. We want what is best for every individual. And the best way to achieve that is to give everybody, you know, the same Level. level playing field mm. to do this but on the other hand if you are looking from a collectivist standpoint then you're saying um no let us you know make everything you are not just trying to say okay everybody should have the same takeoff Thanks. point and let them run as fast as they want mm. but you want to force people who are faster to become slow just level, so we can have the same results so we can level up for everybody exactly so it's about are you trying to satisfy just think of it in kind of abstract terms. Mm. Are you trying to satisfy the possibilities for every individual? Or are you are trying or you're limiting create... some people already? Yeah, because in any case, if you are going to do a 100-meter race, it's not possible that everybody hits the finish line at the at same time. time. You can let them start at the same time. You give them a even track, but they're not going to finish at the same time. So, what do you want? Do you want us to be able to have the fastest runner? Who breaks the record and do and does eight seconds mm-hmm. for hundred meters, or do you want everybody to finish at the same time? Which means that the fastest speed, which is everybody's speed, even doubt would be maybe so fifteen every, seconds. Yeah, everybody arrives <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Um, apart from individualism, what are the other concepts? Okay, if we say individualism is at the root of you know libertarianism, what other concepts can we say maybe are similar to individualism in the world of libertarianism? Well, th- there's this concept called communalism. Okay. Uh, especially in Africa, we, we African libertarians tend to um, 
you know align or talk about communalism a lot mm. alongside individualism which is not something that happens so much in the west but for me i think that even when we talk about communalism mm. the, the base of communalism again is individualism so i would rather just say individualism because the basis of all uh, moral ethics is individualism mm. at the end of the day so what, what why this happens is because of the confusion um you know with communism mm. and uh, the, the 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 misunderstanding of african uh moral philosophy that led to many african leaders of the past explaining concepts like ubuntu and uh you know the the tendency of africans to support themselves mm. in the neighborhoods explaining it as communism mm. um, and that's because of their exposure to Karl Marx uh, who was very popular in the 40s and so on so the the, the thinking was that um, given that they were you know identifying already as marxists and they saw Karl Marx's ideas condemning capitalism and so on as you know gospel mm. and so they came back to Africa and began to interpret african traditions mm as examples of what Karl Marx was talking about as communism. So, for example, in Yoruba land in Nigeria, this can be anywhere else in Africa. If I have a plot of land and you are my next door neighbor, mm. like you have a plot of land right next to mine, if I get sick, maybe I'm bitten by a snake or something, and I'm out for three months recuperating, when I come back to my plot three months later, I'm likely to meet that plot, not the same way I left it, of course, there will be weed and all of that, yeah. but I'm likely to meet meet it taken care of by you or yeah. by whoever. I might not even know who it is, but that's because it could be, it could be a whole lot of people around, mm. and it could be my immediate neighbor, you know. So it would have been maintained during the time that I was away, which is fantastic, right? Mm. Now that is the African reality, mm. pre-colonial times, and in many cases, our people do this even till date. Yeah. But then, that's not what Karl Marx was talking about. That, that's not communism at all. But it was misinterpreted and misunderstood and mistaken. As communism. As communism. Okay? Uh, why is it not communism? Communism requires coercion mm. by the state. That's, that's what makes communism communism. That the state takes ownership of all property. Mm. So the land belongs to the state in communism. Both lands. There is no land. I don't own any land. If I, if I fall sick or I'm beaten by a snake, well, I cannot handle my state-allocated portion during this time. Therefore, the state allocates somebody else mm. to do it while I'm away. Mm. And in any case, I'm not going to own the harvest from that land, whether it belongs to or not. So that is, that is what it looks like in communist situations. Mm. The states own everything, redistributes it. If somebody is indisposed or something, somebody is allocated to handle it. Yeah. When time comes to you know, share whatever comes out, um, it's shared equally. It was never like that regardless, in Africa. Regardless of whether um, I worked hard or not. That's what communism is. Mm. And exactly. It was never like that in Africa, as mm. you said. So what we had in Africa, you know, was on the premise of voluntary cooperation yeah. by you know all participating mm. individuals you know so the the king you know the monarchs did not enforce Anyone. the idea of you taking care of my plot when i'm away no you did that voluntarily mm. it was a kind of voluntary insurance scheme Friendship. amongst you know individual neighbors mm. that's, in that that's, neighborhood. that's friendship and you can call that chalism if you like <laughs> That's, <laughs> I think uh, that, that sounds very good. I'm hearing that for the first time. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> nice so, so, you were going to finish on your point. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm saying that so, uh, communism is the concept that you know, was brought from Karl Marx mm. from Europe in the 40s and all of that. And it, imposed it was on Africans. Imposed on the African traditions mm. and, and it led to a misinterpretation it's, of this tradition, it, which is a work that we, we are trying to pick on at Charlie Institute mm, mm. to, you know, kind of, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff and, and, and say, look, you know, this set is what the record straight. It is. Yes. So, so the base of those traditions that were misunderstood as communism mm. is not communism at all. Now, many African intellectuals today mm. have begun to describe it as communalism mm. or 
communitarianism. Okay. They mean the same basically. Community. Yes. And and that's correct because it, it's actually communal. People and in fact in, in what we call communalism and in the way African neighborhoods were arranged in many instances, it was extended families. Okay. You live with your cousins and your you know, um in a street it's all about oh that's my uncle's house and this is you know and then many times it's even compounds mm. and it's compounds that keeps expanding. Somebody gets married and mm. then it just takes the land and then the compounds are expanding mm. and maybe as things advance those those compounds which are extended family compounds mm. they develop into streets you know and so we extend that family relation to the street and that's why the whole idea of you know how our communities support themselves mm. evolved the, 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 the extended families were like corporate entities. Yeah. They, they were like they brands. Like a business. So you say I'm from the Adeyemi family mm. and all the people that answer that name, they're actually my relatives anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we mostly stay in some kind of neighborhood mm. and, and and I take responsibility for my distant cousins and, and so on. But the key thing is all these were done voluntarily mm. by the participating individuals. Voluntarily in the sense that it was not imposed by the kings, by the monarchs or by the state. Mm. And in cases where there are individuals that did not want to participate, in this communal setting, they could opt out. They they were not going to go to jail. They didn't they didn't violate any state law. Okay, they may have um you know they may have somewhat separated themselves mm. from the communal ethics of, of that you know um, extended family as it as it were, mm. and which would make them lose some privileges. And that's just it. Privileges like, oh, you don't support others in this setting and then nobody supports you and fine, you're on your own. But all of that reflects the ethos of individualism. Mm. Where we are in Africa right now, uh, as we look at, you know, the way our countries are being run, the, the systems of government that are, that are in place, where does the concept of individualism stay? Where do we see it right now in Africa? Individualism, again, relates to self-realization, being able to decide what you want. Where are we on that front among most Africans? Okay, so generally, um, probably the best way to indicate, the best indicator that you can use to understand this situation is human rights. Mm. When we talk about human rights, many people don't realize that the core of what you're talking about is individualism, human rights. When you talk about human rights abuse, Human rights abuse is something that is essentially supported using collectivist arguments because the the opposite of individualism is collectivism. Mm. So um, collectivist arguments, arguments that say we don't want that kind of character in our society. Therefore, let us jail that character. Mm. Not because the person has harmed anyone or anything, but maybe it's just maybe has dreadlocks or tattoo. Or something, something that is using mm. to express his individualism or the way he wants. Sexual, but somehow we've decided that yes, you know, we've decided that we are in a society where um, mm. a, 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 someone who has sexual deviant orientation, as mm. you said, or has dreadlocks or tattoo, is not the kind of individual that we want, and therefore we should be able to jail this person or uh, harass the person with police or something. Now. Human rights <laughs> comes in to say, well, if this person has not harmed anybody else, mm. then to live. why are you mm. going to do this to that to the person? And that is an individualist argument. That's that's the nature of individualism. Mm. So anywhere you look in Africa and you see people arguing to say, Oh, this is against our culture, this is against our tradition, this is against the you know, whatever it is. Those are manifestations it's of collectivism. collectivism. Now that's human rights, right? Mm. I mean, I feel like that's probably the best picture. But let's look at the economic side of it. Mm. And you see the same thing now. Now, on the economic front, um, what happens is you say, I'm, I'm, I'm a trader. I mean, we've been traders in Africa for thousands of yeah. years, you know. Now, I want to sell my goods across the border of the country, okay? I'm in Lagos. I want to sell in Kutono. Mm. And then somebody brings an argument that because we want to grow the economy within Nigeria, it makes sense to shut that borders mm, and prevent me Nigeria. from selling on the other side of the borders. Mm. Again, how do you support that type of argument? You use collectivist ideas to say, oh, for the good of Nigeria, mm. let us prevent 
this Aba shoemaker from selling his shoes in Cameroon or because Gambia. he should sell his shoe in Nigeria. Mm. But an individualist argument will say, <laughs> like, how? Why? Why mm. will you stop me from selling my shoe where mm. I have demand? But I, you I know my business. I know where my market is. You can, you can link and I want that to, sell to my market where it is needed and where it is most profitable to me. Mm. And the extension of that is that when individual citizens are, you know, are being, you know, when you have an arrangement mm. that, you know, supports the interests of individuals, ultimately, you've just got an arrangement that is in the best interest of the collective. Mm. Because Eventually. even when you're looking at the collective, the unit of that collective is the individual again. Okay, so you remember when, when I started this analogy, I said that everything we are doing is based on ideas. So when people say, oh, let us... Um, close the borders like Nigeria's borders has been shut now for over a year and, and all these kinds of things philosophically the you know ethos of that idea is in collectivism mm. the old socialist argument and rhetorics and communist rhetorics is collectivist thinking and then the free market arguments and so on is individualistic mm. I hope you see the picture right now yeah yeah I was going to talk about globalization because if, if, for instance, the Nigerian state is saying that you as a Nigerian would have to operate under these laws before you can sell to that country, maybe in Africa or not, you can, you know, start to dismantle some concepts in globalization to either argue for or against the Nigerian government's decision to do that. So that's like a broad topic. But I wanted you to talk about all for one and one for all. The collectivist ideas, when Yoruba people say, for instance, that Oluwokonto Shimefa, I'll, I'll translate that, it means that if seven of us live on this street and six of us are poor, we can't feed our kids, we cannot take our kids to school. And there is one person who earns so much per month, who is a businessman, right. whatever he does, he is the only one who can take his kids to the other community where there is a good school. They have everything. We have to go and beg him to yeah. be able to feed. How do you reconcile that with okay. individualism? Is Great. that okay? Okay, so the fact is, if you are the only rich man, to Shimefa, the only rich man amongst six poor people. Yeah, seven. Then, okay, well, I don't <laughs> well uh, whatever the number is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it's a ratio, basically, mm. one to six. Mm-hmm. Now, in fact, you're actually poor, if you ask me. Yeah. Because um, that's, that's the end uh, of the You are surrounded by poverty. Mm. That's the bottom line of that statement. And so it's in your interest to you Take know, care of the rest. help lift other people. I mean, if you are a trader, for example, let's say you are a trader, supposedly rich trader, surrounded by poor people who cannot afford the goods that you're selling, then you, you, the, you, the potentials of your wealth is limited because however rich you are, you can be richer than that. Mm. There are some people somewhere who are richer than you. Mm. And one of the ways you can get richer than you already are is if the people around you are richer than they are because mm. then they can afford, they can pay better for your services yeah. and goods, whatever makes you rich in a free market because here we're not talking about stolen wealth. Okay? If we're talking of productive wealth, wealth that comes from productivity, whichever way you look at it, it's in your best interest for other people around you to be richer than they are. And that's why philanthropy comes in. That's where it comes in, philanthropy. Individualism is not an idea that is against philanthropy. And that's one of the myths. The misunderstanding comes from the mix-up between um, what individuals can do in cooperation with other individuals, in voluntary cooperation with other individuals, in a free society, in an open society, versus what the government mm with its monopoly of violence, is made to do by constitution or what have you made to do by, you know, forcing, coercing people. Oluwoka Otoshimefa, the rich man amongst the poor, yeah. can set, I mean, he can set up a foundation. There are many wealthy people with yeah. massive foundations, you know, solving pro- uh, problems, problems in, yeah. in the society. We, we all familiar with these things. He mm. uh, sets up foundations in conjunction with other people rich or poor, Mm. And, and they help so well. They, they fix a whole lot of health and infrastructure and what have you. They make donations. Mm. They, they do so much. Mm. And that is to be encouraged. That's very important. But the thing is that need not force 
anybody mm. to do that. What can we say about a society that there are, I mean, this goes back to the global pyramid system. A few people up there, billions down here. The same analogy. Yeah, How the, do we reconcile it? The, the economic inequality. Yeah, the, the, a society that has, okay, in our community, there are only six people who can afford education for children abroad. They spend, let's say, two million annually to do that for each kid or whatever. But there are some of us, 10 families or 50 families who need six more blocks of classrooms, yeah. you know, in, in, our, in our primary school. And that primary school is very bad. We just need, you know, this many children of ours, 200 of them, to be able to go to that school. We need some. We need that two million from one of those two. families to take care of that. Why do we have so much of this across board? Okay, so we have built a society that is... Um, that gives too much power to violence, ultimately. Um, remember that government, what makes government government is, is the monopoly of violence. Mm. It's the institution with the monopoly of violence. Now, it's, a, it's like a watchdog. Why that is important is national security. You know, security of lives and property of individuals again. That's why you need government mm. to secure the lives and property, and so that if there are disputes, it can be resolved uh, by a neutral, in quote, mm. habitat. Mm. Okay. Now, what we have done in society, not just Nigeria now, this is global, this is an international conversation. What we have done is to then transfer to this institution that has monopoly of violence, mm. we transfer to them the responsibility of providing services, all the, all the amenities, whatever, almost everything and anything. Mm. Another way to look at it is that we didn't transfer it, but they took they it, by, took force. it by force. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's going to be a debate, but mm. I don't want to go there mm. right now. So, But either way, we've constructed society now in the status quo where we expect, people now expect that it is the responsibility of government and it is taught mm. in schools. That it is the responsibility of government to provide schools, which is what you mentioned, mm. and, and what whatever else. But if you go back, just roll back a little bit. In history. You realize that everything that you expect the government to provide was originally provided by the market. Mm. I say that again. Everything you expect the government to provide in the status quo was originally, was originally provided built. by the market. And then it was taken Before over. Before the government took it by force or by whatever means. Mm. And then somehow we've gotten ourselves into a position today where we expect the government to do all of these things. And when the government does not do enough, most of the time we then want to hit at the few individuals who have somehow managed to rise above, you know, the limitations. The, yeah. Of the environment. You get. And then we want government to go to those individuals. Take from them. Pull them down in order to... No, not pull them down. Take <laughs> from them. Okay, take from them. <laughs> but... Because <laughs> some of them work with the government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the, uh, I mean, cronyism spoils the old picture. Yeah. The, 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 the fact that p people, like you said, work in government, um, take too much money again from the market ultimately mm. and then they enrich themselves it just spoils the entire picture mm. because now uh, especially in a society like nigeria the the real wealthy class in this country uh, are almost entirely you know the political class mm. i mean fine there's some businesses and so on but politics seems to be the best way to make money in nigeria today and that's why you see so many people rushing into politics mm. so and then when we not talk of rich people in nigeria it's too often rich people is equal to politicians mm. But the thing is, that in itself is not a healthy situation. It's not. And why we have created that situation again is because of our collectivist thinking, which has decided that government should be the one with the responsibility of sorting all these things. And therefore, we need to create a very powerful government mm. that will be able to muscle resources out of everybody mm. and aggregate resources wealth, power to itself Creative so balance. that it can then redistribute. Mm. But as you can see, it's not working. Mm. Okay? So, but let's go back to the market situation again. Still answering your question. Now, in the in a market situation, um, things are distributed more according to merit. Okay? Uh, people are not going to work hard equally. People are not going to be 
equally responsible. People will, some will have 20 children. Somebody else will have only two. Two, yeah. And then, I mean, divided, I mean, you can imagine how you handle how 20 you children versus the person handling two. Mm. So the resources would go according to how productive you are. So but what that does over time is to discipline people because then you are in a merit-based system mm. where you know that your, um, you know, what you get is directly proportional to what you do, to your, you know, what you do, your output. Mm. And so over time, people are more disciplined. And so you have a system where people, um, you know, get what they need, what they deserve. I mean, it's very clear. You know exactly what you need to do to mm. get what you want. Mm. And you know that if you don't do it, you don't get it. Mm. Okay, and and then you have human beings that are more responsible for themselves. Individual responsibility. They take responsibility for their life, for what they get, for what they do, and they take their chances and what have you. Mm. And they also because now you have the you know uh, the profit motive, the self interest, um, you know, motivating them, mm. and they they people take more risks, you know, and in in and then they find better solutions yeah. in the process. Yeah. Uh, they try new things. So schools, you see, schools can be built as charitable courses. How did education, how did school start in Africa, in Nigeria? Mm. The first school in Ondo State, Nigeria, um, you know, uh, Ondo, it, at that time they called it Ondo High School. Mm. Today it is Ondo Boys High School. Okay. That was 19... That's the first school. Yeah, the first school, you know, in Ondo State. The community, the Ondo community of that time, mm. the king and his chiefs, they invited missionaries and you know, gave them land to say, please, these schools you people are doing in Lagos and in Ijebode, we want it here. Mm. And the missionaries gladly took the offer, built the school, mm. and that was how you know, you know, schools. Started. I mean, secondary school really, yeah. not just school. Secondary school started in Ondo State, mm. the first secondary school. You know, and so it was not government, was and, and that's not the only example. Mm. It's it's that's the pattern across mm. across Africa really, mm. or or the developing world. Um, let me say the Commonwealth countries mostly. Yeah. So uh, this was, and then it was affordable, <laughs> even though it's private and it's free and it's out of individual efforts. So when we say individual, it doesn't mean one man acting alone. No, it means one man acting alone when he wants to act alone, acting together with as many other people as he likes, mm. as long as they voluntarily cooperate. Mm. That's what we mean. So in in that situation, you have the story of how the first generation, you know, of people in these environments were educated yeah. uh, successfully until the government eventually snatched the schools. And then, just to wrap up <laughs> your point, the government the schools. <laughs> that should take care of the schools so that those families that I talked about can access good education. On the promise of the government, it was them who said they would take care of the schools. Yes. So it's not the fault of the rich people yes. who, you know, made their... It was, there was an hijack. Who, who <laughs> were able to build businesses yes. and, you know, through individual efforts, create an empire yes. and be able to afford... Yes. Better education for their yes. kids. So if there was, if this hijack did not happen, mm. then you would see that there would have been more schools, free schools, expensive schools, different kinds of schools, affordable People according to your whatever, mm. and everybody will be fine. The richest folks in the world give back. Warren Buffett, ready to give back this much from his wealth to the poor people. Bill Gates has been doing that in Africa for a long time. Give and then take care of people, get vaccines. Why is it that? the rich man can make all that money and eventually choose to send half of it as a gift to poor people when maybe we could build a system that ensured that it becomes, is it wrong to force him, in inverted commas now, to yeah. force him or to force, to build a system that naturally balances up the wealth instead of out of his own discretion saying that I'm going to dash you $100 billion. So that this again takes us to an existential question, which was something we mentioned in the beginning when we talk of ideas and philosophy and individualism. And the question that comes to me from what you said right now is, what is the purpose of human existence? Why are we here? What's this all about? Is it, um, I mean, everybody will answer that question differently. That's something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the way in relation to what you were saying now, I would take that is that we are here to, you know, to learn, mm. to develop certain potentials mm. and then to exhibit those potentials 
So we are in an imperfect world. We are imperfect beings. But we are on a journey of self-development yeah. towards perfection as much as we can mm. achieve. It does not mean we'll be perfect, but yeah. you're just trying to get better than you were. So the baby is born, very little baby, started from a sperm cell and an egg cell, mm. at least the physical body did. And and it is going through this process where it's becoming bigger and bigger and it's going to, you know, reach certain full maturity at some point mm. and so on. The same happens not just with the physical body, but with other dimensions of the, you know, human person. Mm. So uh, if the idea of the human being is to improve, is to learn, to recognize consequences, causes and effects, mm. then if you create a situation where you level outcomes mm. for everybody, it will be devastating, don't you think? Mm. It actually goes contrary. You have limited the... To you have given everybody a exactly. limit. This is the height you can get Exactly. To. So, But if you think that the world is a kind of school, a learning place, then you have to, uh, you know, let people explore mm. and get outcomes according to the productive use they have put their time and mm. you know capacities into. It's, it will take you to the parable that Jesus told in the Bible, for example, mm. you know, uh, of of the, the 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 servants who were given different Talent. talents. Okay, so so the idea is, um, I mean, you mentioned Jeff Bezos. Whoever you mentioned, they they even when they inherited wealth, they were not the only ones that inherited wealth. They built Others something. inherited wealth and squandered it. But this guy inherited wealth and made something out of it. And in many cases, they didn't have anything. They started from like nothing. Mm. Unfortunately, some you know went through abuses of the system, mm. um, stealing and all these kinds of nonsense. Is that unfortunate? Well, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because it makes this analysis problematic. Yeah. <laughs> because now we're talking there about... There is a fault. Exactly. It it makes it seem like, well, but how about the rich man who just stole all yeah. the wealth? Yeah. That's not the kind of rich but man But there is a real about. argument that seems <laughs> to say that people worked to build empires. Which is beautiful. So, so um, I think it's a beautiful, you know, idea that um, whatever your station in life where you started out, um, even though you were not born with silver spoon, you can become... Mm-hmm. You, you anything know, at whatever. all whatever i think that's a beautiful story and that's what you want everybody to have and that looks like a design that uh, nature has put in place mm. uh, before we started building our ideas around it and it's just like it is said that all fingers are not equal mm. so the, the socialist question is well all fingers are not equal shall we you take a knife and make it equal by cutting off the longer ones or shall we leave all fingers to be not equal mm. as it were you know so there's something healthy about these fingers that are not equal isn't it mm. because imagine that they were equal there's so much that we cannot do that we are doing right now have you talked about that so we don't have to be on the <laughs> same level yeah but the potentials are there you know people can aspire and, and get mm. so much mm. for themselves. And the circumstances are always different anyways. Yes. Um, how, what's the limit for individualism? For instance, uh, just to explain that a little bit, when people start to think about me, 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 um, I'll do this by myself. Right. Selfishness, huh? Yeah, yeah. Selfishness in a way. And, you know, to add to that, some people have argued that, you know, it could lead to some psychosocial effects when, you know, you might, you might, you might need help at some point. You might need people to, you know, help you uh, think about some ideas, you know, table an idea. But because we, if we continue to promote again, the idea of individualism, again, like does I've it said, not affect the person? Yeah. So like I've said over and over, individualism does not mean that one man is an island. It does not mean that one man cannot network, cooperate, collaborate mm. with other people. Join political parties, whatever. No, that's not what individualism is. It's not saying, oh, you do things alone. With like, You cannot do anything alone. Mm. So it's not about being solitary. You cannot be solitary. Human beings cannot survive you know, in, in um, isolation of other yeah. human beings. We, we, we are a social being mm. um, you know, by nature. I mean, you need to have parents, you need to have um, friends, family, you know, and so on. Mm. And your food, you can't make everything you, you consume. You, it's not possible. Mm. So it's not, it's, it would be insane to have advocate for that. I don't think there is any ideology that advocates for um, that kind of solitude. It just, it just you, takes you understanding. by yourself without anybody else. Mm. When no people, way. It's not possible. And, and that cannot be, I mean, it's not possible that, um, I can't imagine somebody advocating for that. Well, so, but what we are saying in individualism is 
it's an abstraction, okay? Um, it's, it's an abstraction on the philosophical level in terms of ideation that mm. uh, when we're trying to do things in society, should we be considering what is good for every unit of society, which is the individual, on a one-on-one basis? Or should we be thinking of the what collective. is good for the collective in a sense where um, we can dispense with some minority? Mm-hmm. That, that's where the argument is. Yeah. So again, like you, you mentioned deviant sexual orientation the other time. So if you are focused on the collective, sexual deviant orientation is a threat in a collective you know, to a collective mindset. Yeah, yeah. It's a threat because you're thinking that, oh, this is everybody will become um, uh, deviant sexually and then the species will um, be terminated or something, mm. you know. And in any case, it spoils our culture and I can't be in the same culture, in the same society, in the same country, in the same street. These kinds of people. In the same house <laughs> until it becomes the same room mm. with, <laughs> with uh, this other kind of person. And so, the, so the individualist question is: Okay, so this person is he hurting you directly? Not. And you said no. Okay, so but why then do you want to get rid of this person? Mm. Well, your answer then, as a collectivist, is that because this person is spoiling my culture, the culture of my land, my country, my group, collective, collective, collective. Mm. And so, when people go with the collective thinking, they come up with laws that is ready to kill an individual because the collective don't like that individual. And so you kill that weapon. So if it is 100 people and you are in a collective mindset and you are making policies mm. in, in parliament from a collective approach, so what is going to happen is, and you are just 100 of you, so you don't like dreadlocks. One guy has dreadlocks and we agree that we kill this guy because he has dreadlocks mm. and we don't like dreadlocks. It's against our culture. So we kill the guy. Now we are 99. Then tomorrow somebody has moustache and we say, no, 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 no. Moustache is horrible. It's strange. So we to kill our him culture. and then we are 98. Then the next day somebody has tattoo. But this doesn't happen again anyway. No, this, this, this is abstraction just to explain the concept. The concept this okay. is not a literal what mm. happens. The way it happens literally is like what I said earlier. Cast them out. Where you say, oh, let's shut the borders or let's or let's um, 14 years imprisonment yeah, for, for gay them. and things like that. But um, all those actual happenings have a philosophical, ideological reasoning behind <laughs> it. And many times um, people don't realize the connection between um, these ideological abstractions, mm. so to call them, mm. and the realities that play out. So everybody is on the street in Nigeria in Uganda and police brutality. Mm. And um, I, I remember there was a thread I saw on Twitter where a small boy, somebody held a small boy in a choke grip on the neck, the a neck. choke grip. And then in the picture, there was, they said, the boy put nails behind a vehicle's tires to damage those tires. Mm. Therefore, somebody held the boy in a choke grip. And then somebody went on the Twitter thread to say, why are you doing this to a, a small, small boy? boy. Like, this is probably like 11-year-old boy. Why are you doing this to a, a small boy? Then another person responded and says, that is not a boy, it's a demon. So the person who responded saying that is not a boy, it's a demon, has Ensas as his name. You know, hmm. people on Twitter use Ensas hmm. as their yeah. name these days. The... So a Twitter handle called Ensas says, that is not a boy, it's a, it's demon. a demon. And so there was a big thread. By the way, Twitter <laughs> is, a, is a wild place. I know. <laughs> there was a big thread back and forth. This guy who says that is not a boy, it's a demon. Uh, somebody then pointed out to him that you are the same Fighting with the SAS mm. that you are against. Mm. For you to say that that is not a boy, it's a demon, then you are the same as SAS. That's how you're going you're to say, that's how you're going to say, oh, it's uh, the tattoo. It's not a tattoo person. It's a Yahoo boy. boy. It's not a dreadlock person. It's a Yahoo boy mm. and so on and so forth. So, so, um, uh, this thing, these kinds of things, you, you can see the abstraction, uh, and then it's not obvious to the person that said it's not a boy, it's a demon. I mean, he was hugging. Mm. It's not obvious to him how he he is the same mm. with the sass that he wants to hand. Mm. Because what he demonstrated there, if you look at things objectively, at the abstract 
philosophical level, you can see that this guy potentially will become another sass mm. if you allow him to join the police or something like that. You give him power. He will exhibit exact same thing mm. that um, is accusing sass of. And and unfortunately, there's so many people in, in society that are just like that. Mm. Um, we can easily complain about the leaders who are doing things wrong, unfortunately. But the mindset of the followers of the you know ordinary person who is criticizing government, who is criticizing leaders. Mm. If you check the things they do in their private and, you know, uh, at lower levels, and you look at it, you know, in abstract terms, mm. in philosophical terms, and you realize that it's the same fundamental ideological principle between the two. Mm. And, and this is where the shift in mindset, reorientation thing mm. comes in uh, as primarily an ideological revolution, something that you need to do to change how people think across the population as the best approach to making sure that they are able to deserve better leaders eventually. How can people, we're wrapping up the conversation, how can people begin to, what can we start to do as individuals to respect or to help ourselves in self-realization and indeed to respect other people's individualistic tendencies and also, what can African governments in particular do to allow some level of, you know, individual freedom for, for their people? I'm not very good at advising governments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, but w- well, I, we can I, see where we I, are I, and no, see where we want to be. And I'll tell you why. So, I, my, for me, my approach to government these days is through the people. Mm. Because um, politicians are there to do what is popular. That's what it's all about. That's what governance is about mm. in a democracy. It is the doing of what is popular. If an idea is popular enough amongst the population, government succumbs. Then a politician will come and promise to do this thing that everybody is talking about, mm. and somehow eventually it gets done. Mm. The problem is when the idea is not even popular in the first place. I give you instances. I think Abubakar wanted to uh, privatize an NPC. People said no so much no they also didn't vote for him anyway generally they didn't exactly agree with his mm. kinds of ideas his ideas are not popular enough and so but Buhari's ideas were very popular mm. especially in 2015 2014 running up to 2015 yeah. Buhari's ideas were very popular we changed them and that's what he said the things that the people wanted to hear and the and the, what the people wanted to hear it was right was what he said mm. and therefore he, go, he got into power so my approach to government is through the people. Whatever it is that needs to be done, whatever approaches that needs to be sold, should be sold to the population. And when the populace get it right, then um, they're going to get a government who's going to get those things done mm. for them. Which in this case, comparing individualism and collectivism, mm. is for people to understand the importance of um, you know the fundamental rights of every individual. Mm. Which again is individualism. Mm. To, to say that um, you do not harm somebody who has not harmed anybody else. It's as simple as that, mm. okay? But if you go and say, well, he has harmed our culture, then there's going to be problems because that is the beginning of communism. That's the beginning of economic wars. Mm. It's, it's a thread that joins all this together. Mm. You have a system where you are happy to rob Peter to pay Paul. That's what happens in collectivism. You mm. say, oh, there's so many poor people in society and this, that, that. Therefore, let us rob Peter Robin to pay Paul. <laughs> so when you do that, unfortunately, you drag everybody down without mm. realizing it. So you want to have a system that is against um, cheating. You, you, of course, what I'm saying does not include um, corrupt people who have stolen wealth or armed robbers or something mm. like that. No, mm. I'm talking about people who have worked hard for their living. Yeah. I'm saying that they deserve it. They deserve to keep it if they have actually been productive because how do you work out for your living? It means whatever you're doing, you're good at it. Mm. Uh, you're so good at it that people pay for your service or your goods which, which, which helps the economy anyway. Yeah. Whatever, if it's music, if it's anything, name it. You know, imagine that you are a furniture maker and you're making the best furniture in the country and people in other countries are even coming to buy to your buy furniture you. and take it to their country. You are you are boosting the economy. You are mm. helping the country to have you know foreign exchange earnings and to have great balance of trade. So you deserve to be very rich if you are doing that. You deserve it. And and, and that is an important that. statement to create a situation where you can, you know, earn from your hard work commensurately and you, you create then a situation where other people can emulate you. Mm. And if you have enough people that are you know free to do this then you have a country that is actually wealthy, mm. you know, ultimately. Mm. So 
as against saying, oh, let's prevent people from doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G mm. because we want to promote X, Y, Z. In the social and economic space, what can individual Africans look to change within their societies? Now, I want to believe you're talking about, you know, um, private businesses, sector, you know, or maybe family settings and mm. civic spaces. Because really, at the end of the day, everything that goes wrong with governance um, sort of started with, you know, these individual communities too. So we have situations where, another example, NSAS, um, there are parents whose children stay in the house working on Fiverr or freelancer, freelancer work. Um, remote jobs, earning good money, buying cars. And the parents are crying out, threatening the child, threatening their adult children mm. or sometimes teenage children, threatening to report them to police and because according to the parents, my child the is a young boy. So we have these kinds of things happening uh, and, and you can, the detail of the story can be really, really bad. Yeah. And uh, and neighbors, sometimes it's not with the parents anymore. He's renting his own apartment. Mm. He's, he, he owns a generator. The government does not provide electricity, so he owns a generator all day to work. Mm. The neighbors actually Complain. call the police mm. that this guy owns generator all day. He has money. He must be a into boy. internet fraud. So th- these kinds of things happen. People make wrong assumptions mm. and, and they jump into conclusions. And, and usually it's, again, has to do with collectivism. You know, uh, People need to be calm and we should be calming down as they say <laughs> balance these days uh, to understand you know individual uh, situations mm. and to not overgeneralize mm. and to respect the dignity of every individual. We need to do that more to stop unnecessary intrusions into private lives of mm. people and forcing them to your way and even it can be as simple as parents who insist their children must be doctors or lawyers mm. and all these kinds of things. Even when the child has something else he wants to do, prefers to do. It helps everybody eventually, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm not saying people should not advise. Our parents need to still guide their children and mm-hmm. so on. But they should listen too. They should try. For instance, the oldest person whose parent thinks is a young boy, if only he would listen, the boy can show, like, there's so many ways the boy can Help the parents educate. to learn. And, yes, but and most of the time, they're not going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then if you have authoritarian parents, in, if we're in a society where there's a lot of authoritarian parents who know exactly the course you must study, mm. and the man you must marry, the woman you must marry, and, and the where your you life must, must be, and you have no idea, even when you are already an adult, if, if, if we are a society filled with such parents, what kind of president are we going to have? Dogmatic. See where it goes? <laughs> So, so that's why I said I don't know how to advise government. Mm. I think I want to talk to people like me on the streets that how are we organizing ourselves as societies, as families, as mm. you know, neighbors, uh, and, and all of that. It's where the conversation should come from. Let's wrap up the conversation. Charlie Institute, of course, on that basis of individualism, are there any courses or maybe some projects that your the institute has been involved in in this regard maybe people can read or find some of these resources yeah since 2019 um, april we've been teaching online on udemy a course called the african ideas of liberty course mm. if you just google african ideas of liberty you're going to see it um it's over 1500 students the last time i checked it's automated of course mm. and, and this is pre-corona <laughs> So we should expect more. <laughs> okay. So um, you could take that course. It's absolutely free. Uh, there are books to download on the website, challenginstitute.org. Mm. That relates to this concept. Yes. And we, we've had, um, you know, master classes um, in the past. Currently, we don't have anyone. Mm. However, between December 11 and 13, mm. 2020, we're going to have a physical, um, you know, event. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a retreat. We call it the Sunshine Business Retreat. Mm. It's happening in Akure on those states. The venue is Tolab Suits. It's strictly invitational. Um, however, if you go to our website, if you go to our social media, spaces, time. you'll see a registration link. Mm. Uh, we're going to review the you know applications that come in and yeah. pick um, 
if you can convince us, we'll, we'll, we'll pick you, and it's going to be free admission oh, for the three indeed. days. So, um, conversations like this, you know, absolutely would happen absolutely. at that event. And there so, will be more in 2021. So yes, much indeed. to look forward to. So, hopefully, coronavirus will not stop. No. Uh, yes, coronavirus indeed. does not really stop people. It's it's the government that stops the lockdown. <laughs> COVID, there's there's, there's a vaccine already, and sounds like good news. So, even if there is a second or third wave of COVID in the new year, mm-hmm. we are positive that this time yes. uh, there are a number of vaccines. It looks like it's a competition again you know free market system a few companies four four different companies always do. everything have started with even russia electricity was invented by private individual mm. name me just tell me something and i will immediately tell you yeah i mean everything can, started with private individuals we can go on and, and on. they need that to be free to do that mm, for you and in some cases they cannot do it because they are not free we can so go on and on uh, thank you so much founder chale institute Fiyishadi charles adeyemi for being on the podcast this time thank you for this is your me. second time of course we want to see you again in the coming weeks that's our conversation on the freedom in africa podcast today we discussed individualism and the need for more people to be able to access self-realization uh in in a free society our conversations will continue on the next episode of the podcast my name is guega find the podcast on twitter at fia underscore podcast and we'll see you next time <laughs>